Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. Social media posts only make it to approximately 10% of your followers, so this is my way of communicating with you more directly. I hope you enjoy. Subscribe. Welcome to the block. You've probably heard that the Suez Canal is blocked. It has been since last Tuesday. If you haven't heard or have only seen a headline, I've included a link in the text with motion graphic representation of the ship's path and where it got stuck. It's pretty interesting. As of Sunday, they are still unable to dislodge the ship. It is basically a skyscraper lodged sideways in a river. Basic physics says an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion unless acted on by an unbalanced force. The ship was moving, then it got hit by a massive gust of wind and got lodged in the canal. Now, they have to muster up greater force than the wind to get it unstuck. That could take a while. Meanwhile, global shipping is totally messed up, and this could affect the cost of anything and everything we buy. Now, the main topic of my letter today, basketball. I discussed the low ratings of the March Madness tournament on a previous letter. To follow up on that, according to Deadline, the CBS coverage of the annual tournament to determine the college basketball championship clocked in with a 0.8 rating and an average of 3.26 million viewers, easily outdistancing the field. While that led Friday, it was down significantly from two years ago in both the rating and the overall viewership. This is potentially consequential for the NCAA and CBS, as a 0.8 rating is in cancellation territory on the big networks. The reason I believe this is important is because it seems like college basketball is dying a slow death. Duke and UNC didn't make the tournament this year, and the best players are smart enough to know they should skip college if they can go straight to the league. I used to love watching college ball, but now the NBA is far more exciting in my opinion. More on that in a minute. First, for anyone who's interested, here are the biggest bracket-busting games of the tournament so far. 15-seed Oral Roberts University beat the two-seeded Ohio State Buckeyes in the first round of the tournament, defeating them 75-72 in overtime. Underdog 12-seed Oregon State beat 5-seed University of Tennessee 70-56 in their opening game. 13-seed North Texas Mean Green beat the Purdue Boilermakers 78-69 in overtime to secure their first NCAA tournament win in school history. 11-seed Syracuse defeated the 6-seed San Diego State University in the first round. 4-seed Virginia was upset by 13-seed Ohio. Virginia won the NCAA championship in 2019, and they became the first defending champion to lose in the first round since UConn in 2012. 11-seed UCLA beat 6-seed BYU. 14-seed Alabine Christian University Wildcats defeated the 3-seed Texas 53-52, sending home a team that was considered a lock for the Final Four. 11-seed Syracuse beat 3-seed West Virginia in the second round after their win over San Diego State. According to Syracuse.com, Syracuse's 75-72 win was the most-watched NCAA tournament game between March 15th and March 21st. This game brought in a 4.52 rating for comparison with a 0.8 on average. The Oral Roberts Golden Eagles delivered their second upset of the tournament by defeating the Florida Gators 81-78 in the second round. With the win, Oral Roberts secured their first trip to the Sweet 16 since 1974. 12-seed Oregon State beat 4th-seed Oklahoma State 
80 to 70 to advance to the Sweet 16. And the seven seeded Oregon Ducks beat the two seed Iowa Hawkeyes 95 to 80 in the second round of the tournament. Unfortunately, over the weekend, the Cinderella teams all went down except for 12 seed Oregon State, who beat eight seed Loyola to move on to the Elite Eight. Oral Roberts and Syracuse both lost in the Sweet 16. As of the time of recording this, 11 seed UCLA still has a shot to advance, and USC and Oregon will battle it out tonight. Fight on. I've also included below an update on the scores from the Sweet 16, if you're interested in that. With LeBron injured, Nikola Jokic is leading the MVP race with a 54% probability of winning the award. He's doing it all this year, averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. He's followed by James Harden with an 18% probability of winning the MVP. Harden is averaging 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. The big talk in the league over last week and the weekend is around trades and free agent signings leading into the end of the season. Here are the most consequential moves that have been made so far. The Nets acquired James Harden from the Rockets on January 14th. Blake Griffin signed with the Nets on March 10th. The Bucks acquired P.J. Tucker from the Rockets. The Magic traded Gordon to the Nuggets. The Heat acquired Oladipo from the Rockets. The Clippers dealt Lou Williams to the Hawks in exchange for Rajon Rondo. The 76ers acquired George Hill in a three-team trade. LaMarcus Aldridge agreed to a deal with the Nets. And Andre Drummond says he's joining the Lakers for the playoff race. Naturally, the triumvirate of Harden, Irving, and Durant in Brooklyn is ridiculous. When you add Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge to the mix, their crunch time lineup has 41 combined All-Star Game appearances. Wow. The Lakers picking up Drummond is also huge. They will need his size to compete in the playoffs. But don't sleep on the Clippers either. I've been saying they need a new point guard for a while now, and Rajon Rondo might just be the secret sauce that gives them an edge. If LeBron and Anthony Davis come back strong from their injuries, the Lakers are still my favorite to win the championship this year. But with the moves made recently, Harden, Griffin, Aldridge, Drummond, Rondo, this is shaping up to be an NBA playoffs for the ages. Personally, I can't wait to watch. Until next time, Block. What's going on, everybody? Here comes your market close snapshot from Friday, March 26, 2021. In U.S. bond yields and global equities, the U.S. 10-year was up 2.4% to 1.674. The 30-year was also up almost a percent to 2.378. All of the major indices were up. Uh, the Dow Jones was up 1.4%, NASDAQ 1.5%. SP 500, 1.7%, Russell 2000, 1.8%, and globally, the HSI, the Nikkei, and the Shanghai Composite were all up over 1.5%. In the USA Big 8 stocks, Tesla was led the way on the downside, uh, down over 3% to $618 a share, and Cisco and Intel led the way on the upside. Intel was up 4.6%, up to almost $65 a share, and Cisco was up 4% to over $52 a share. In the China Big 8 stocks, Tencent, JD.com, and Taiwan Semiconductor led the way to the upside, all up around 4 to 5%. And NEO led the way on the downside, down almost 
in U.S. banking, fintech, and crypto, everything was a little mixed. J.P. Morgan was up 1.7%. Square was up 2.4%. PayPal up almost 3%. And Bitcoin and Ethereum bounced back, both up over 5%. Bitcoin at 54190 as of the time of recording this, and Ethereum at $1,669. In mining, metals, and foreign exchange, pretty quiet day except for the GDAX, the gold mining index, was up over 1.5%. In commodities, it was up pretty much across the board, led by oil up 4% to over $60 a barrel, and copper up 2.5%. All right, thanks for joining everybody. Talk to you soon. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe, and all my clients get the first year paid subscription free with any package purchased. With the paid subscription, you'll get investment research tips in real time to help you expand your wealth. I do the research so you don't have to. For those who don't know, I run Elbay Endeavors, a consulting company which helps individuals and entrepreneurs expand their wealth and businesses. We offer packages suitable for everyone from rising investors to Fortune 500 companies. No matter where you are on your financial or entrepreneurial journey, we're here to help you get to the next level. Download our free guide and schedule your free 30-minute consultation to get started working with us today. The annual subscription costs less than 22 cents a day. You really can't afford to be without it.